Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Folks, you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 249, recorded live on the YDF Media Network on May the 9th, 2023. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, Pete. What is going on over there, my friend? I'm recording a podcast. Oh, cool. I might want to listen to that. Uh, I don't I don't really have a lot of time. I don't drive much anymore. We are about to hit uh, 250 episodes. Is that a thing? Wow. Well, in comic book world, it would be, actually. Okay, so maybe we can make a big deal out of it. I don't know. Folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day. We want to share that magic with you. So pull up, pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. Man, I uh, I flubbed the intro a little bit a couple times there. Just, um, you know, That's all right. It's one of those days. It's, um, you know, it's one of those days. But it is a new day here in Two Men in the Mouse. We're about to hit 250 episodes, which apparently in the world of comic books is a big deal. So uh, maybe we'll make a big deal about it next week. I don't know. See what and not only that, but we would we would restart the whole series with a number one. Uh, you, you wanna... And then still celebrate the legacy number when we got to two fifty. Of course, absolutely. Enjoy comic books. Yeah, we haven't done we haven't done a comic book style reboot yet. Yeah, no, not yet. No, not. Yet. Um, okay, so... well, we're the same, but we're slightly different. Right, right. We have got a we've got a big show for you guys today. We are going to be talking about Mother's Day at Walt Disney World, so that's going to be a big deal. Uh, first, we're going to get through the news, but before that, we got a little mousekeeping to get through. Uh, so. Big news, uh, we've actually finally worked out the tiers for our Patreon. How about that? All right. Yeah. This sounds good. And the Patreon folks will be launching, um, no, it'll be the next, our next episode. So, um, it looks like it's going to be, if I look at my calendar real quick, it will be, so I'm thinking about, we're going to probably be moving the uh, releases to either Thursday or Friday. So it'll be either the 25th or the 26th of May. Now, should we tell people what they can expect from this Patreon? Yeah, why not? All right, I'll just briefly go through it, folks. I'm not going to take too much time in this. So uh, we have a couple of different tiers uh, for people. So just right off the bat, uh, this is not like you're going to have to suddenly pay for the show. You don't have to pay for the show ever. The show, the, as it's always existed, will always be free. This is just if you want extra stuff. So for $2, you can join the Mouser tier, which gives you access to a special patron-only Facebook group, uh, which the big uh, thing about that is that it's going to be uh, – Featuring our friend Peter Mandel over here, who, who has promised that he's going to post in it and interact with people. So I guess I'll have to like log in the Facebook. Yeah, you got to remember your password after all this time. No, I'll so do it. You're gonna have that. You're gonna have access to any live events that we do. So we are planning on doing a couple of live shows on Zoom, so you get to hear us mess up in ways that I can't, you know, edit out. 
Uh, you will also be able to provide direct feedback on the show via polls that we'll post on Patreon. So we're going to like ask you guys opinions on like things that we should be doing for the show, what you guys want to hear, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to, you're going to have a more direct voice for us. Uh, there will also be a special patron only show every week. So it's going to be about a 30 minute show. Uh, we're going to be recording it after the main show and it's going to be more of like a relaxed kind of, uh, kind of chit chat about like, you know, random Disney things that we've got going on in our lives. Uh, so, you know, if you guys want that, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a lot of like what the DDP, uh, today guys do with their patron only show because Justin was the one that sat down and helped me figure all this out. So, uh, for $5, you could be a super mouser, which gets you everything we've just listed. That is the special Facebook group, the live events, the provide direct feedback through polls, a special patron only show weekly. Plus you get access to giveaways that we're going to be doing. So we might, you know, get some kind of like popcorn bucket. They've got at Disney going on. And then we run a giveaway for that. We run it on Patreon. You could also get early access to the main show. Uh, I believe it'll be probably 48 hour early access. And then you also, after three months, get a two men in the mouse sticker. So yeah. Nice, nice merch for you guys. We're getting merch finally. And the three months is not our call, folks. That's a Patreon thing. Uh, they won't print merchandise unless someone's been around for three months. For $15, you can be a Mega Mouser. So that gets you the special Facebook group, the live events, the ability to provide direct feedback through polls, the special patron-only show, access to giveaways, early access to the main show, plus the patron show in video format. So you get to – if you've ever been like, I want to see their charming faces while they do it, you get to do that, plus – once a month, Pete and I will be bringing you The Geek Watchtower, which is going to be a show where we talk movies and comics and TV shows and all that good stuff. Uh, so you, you will have access to that for the um, for the Mega Mouser tier. That's $15. Uh, so the merch for that, you're going to get the sticker, and you're also going to get a Two Men in the Mouse patron coffee mug. So that's pretty cool. I want the coffee. I, I got to see if I can actually get the coffee mug. I don't know. Maybe I have to become a patron to get it. I, I don't know. Uh, for $35, you can be an Ultra Mouser, and that gets you the f- special Facebook group, the live events, the polls, the patron-only show, access to giveaways, early access to the main show, the video Patreon show, Geek Watchtower. You also get to choose a top 10 list for the future that we will then do. Uh, we will also be inviting people that are part of this tier to be guests on segments of the show in the future. Uh, on the main show, you will also be able to participate in special patron-only group Zoom calls with us, where if you guys have ever wanted to, like, chit-chat with us about Disney or ask us questions, you guys are totally able to do that in the group Zooms. Uh, plus, there's going to be a number of specialty shows that we're going to be doing. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever we kind of feel like doing will be specialty shows. Like, Pete might do some with his friends. I might do some with some other friends. We might do some together. Uh, but those will be for the $35 um, tier. And you will also be able to get a cameo-style personalized video from Morty Monster. Uh, if you want one for yourself or for your kids or for whoever, uh, you get that uh, with that tier. So for merchandise, you can get the sticker, the coffee mug, and a Two Men in the Mouse patron t-shirt. Finally, our big ultimate tier is the Ultimate Mouser for $50 a month. And that is a limit of five people only. So this is going to be a very exclusive club here, the Ultimate Mousers. Now they get everything we've just talked about. Plus they get access to the show immediately after editing and they get to be a guest on an entire full episode in the future and get to choose the topic that we discuss with them. And Kevin's cell phone number. No. Uh, <laughs> but for, merch- <laughs> for merchandise, uh, they get the sticker, the coffee mug, the t-shirt, and a Two Men in the Mouse patron-only either long-sleeve t-shirt or hoodie. We're trying to figure out the um, 
logistics of which one of those we're going to be offering. But that's all going to be coming at you guys uh, in two weeks. So thank you for indulging me. And now we can get on with the show. Uh, before we get into the news, I wanted to mention I went to both SeaWorld and Universal in the last week. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a busy week. As far, I, I went to Universal with my friend Jenna. Um, we, we typically go to Universal all the time. Uh, you know, did all the, the regular Universal stuff. There's a new pass holder lounge in Islands of Adventure where I got the new Universal, um, pass holder magnet. I love me some pass holder magnets. Uh, okay. We also did the, um, yeah, we did a bunch of rides, a couple of different experiences, and we also found the, uh, the Universal Halloween Horror Nights, uh, preview shop for this year. And now while it didn't give us any, official word on like what the houses are going to be or anything like that there was a lot of frankenstein merchandise oh that's cool yes so there was a lot of frankenstein and bride of frankenstein now if i remember correctly there was frankenstein stuff last year but there was no frankenstein but i'm wondering if they're going to maybe do the universal monsters house again and this time insert frankenstein into it i mean universal monsters house last year was not my favorite it was labeled as dracula the mummy and the wolfman and it was like the mummy featuring the wolf man and kind of featuring Dracula. So, right. That's what I've heard. Yeah. It was kind of like the exact, like opposite order of what I would have wanted. I would have wanted more Dracula, some, uh, some wolf man and a little bit of the mummy or like, you know, have them interacting, but it was, it wasn't, it was a lot of, you know, just a lot of stuff with the mummy. So, uh, okay. And then sea world, we finished out the seven seas food festival. Cause we got that lanyard. With oh, like that's eight, right. You told me yeah, about 18 that. festival items on it. So we had to finish that out. It was really great. And, you know, we did a couple things we hadn't done before. Uh, well, some things we hadn't done in a while. Like we did, we went to the dolphin show. We went to the orca show. We did the, um, we did the sea lion show for the first time. We'd never done that before. That's really actually really fun. It's like sea lions and otters. It's like sea otters. Okay. I love otters. Otters are great. And this otter is adorable. Then we went to, uh, there's like a sea lion feeding area, and we actually decided to feed the sea lions. So, okay. Yeah, so you buy a little tray of, like, sardines, and you throw them to the sea lions and watch them, like, fight, because, like, they fight over it. And you're like, oh. but now here is the kicker, Pete. They warn you when you get this tray. They're like, look, don't take your time. You take the fish out, you throw the fish immediately, because you have to get through a wall of birds to get these fish to these sea lions and there was one i swear pete this bird was forged from my darkest nightmares it it is it is it was immense it had a black face and a black beak i i started calling it the death bird and it just like it and it's not like it doesn't move quick it just like kind of hunches over like like Mr. Burns posture and just kind of glares at you. And it's like, I dare you to try to throw that fish past me. And I was like, I'm not screwing with the deaf bird. So, <laughs> you know, regular birds and I have enough of a problem. But this deaf bird, I mean, that was and, and here's the thing. The deaf bird is always there. This is not a thing that could like, you hit. Could you hit the bird with a fish? I mean, if you did, the bird would like it because it would just eat it. It's very possible too, like if you throw wrong to hit one of the birds, because they're like they're like on the railing between you and the sea lions, and you have to I like th- to and you have to throw birds. it pretty far to get it to the sea lions, and like there's literally signs up around that are like warning, like you know, bird wild birds may be aggressive, and I'm like, yeah, no kidding, Sea World, uh, 
but it, did you get a picture with that sign? Like it's you with that in the back. I did take a picture of the sign and I posted it in our Facebook group. And I was just like, yeah, That's but great. I thought I sent it to you. I might not have. I don't think you did. I'm going to send you a picture of the death bird later because that bird is scary. I mean, like, oh yeah, please do. This was the bird that like all of my bird nightmares were, were forged from. It was absolutely terrifying to behold. Um, I'm going to send it to you right now. All right. I just, I'm sending you a picture of the death bird. All right. Let me see. Hold on. It's not sent yet. My phone takes a little bit. <clears throat> uh, but also one other thing. So uh, we went, my fiance and I went to, uh, di- you should have the death bird picture now, by the way. We went to um, Magic Kingdom over the weekend because it was our two year anniversary. And so we went and um, I saw something kind of interesting. Uh, hold on. You just saw the death bird, didn't you? Yeah, I'm seeing it. Let me tell you something. That is a creepy bird, isn't it? I usually feel like you're full of baloney. This bird is terrifying. Terrifying. And it's always there because we walk by the sea lions a lot, but we've never you actually seen You know what the most terrifying thing about this bird is? What? Is that like it's it's all white. Except for the head. Or like I have a... Yeah, like a gray. Now that's not yeah. so white. Yeah. Except for that really scary head. It's almost like an angel of death, kind of. That's why I call it the death bird. It's terrifying. It's always there. Like, I've never not seen it there. So there, there are a couple of birds that, like, you typically will see. There is this one bird, um, that, um, I've, I've named Glenn. And Glenn hangs out around the orca show. He's the only bird there, and he's there for every orca show. Because Glenn understands that they're going to take handfuls of fish and throw them into the mouths of these whales. And occasionally, some of them drop on the ground. And then Glenn swoops in and takes them. Glenn's no dummy. No, Glenn knows exactly what's up. And none of the other birds know about it. And this is Glenn's, like well-kept secret like glenn has sequestered himself away from all other birds specifically because he's like i don't want to have to work for food he lives a life of well-fed solidarity i actually saw one of the trainers throw glenn a fish at one point and i'm like oh okay glenn oh nice. like you got it you got it going on here and you know at one point they left they left the um they left like the tray open where they like get the fish from and i saw glenn just stuck his head right glenn's a crane so Glenn is like, you know, he's got a long neck. Glenn stuck his neck into the into the thing and pulled out a fish. Glenn wow. probably got six fish throughout the course of this. And for a bird his size, like that, that's a lot. So not like the death bird who will murder you. For, this bird's for terrifying. Right. Thank you for, for like, you know, like building me up on this one a little bit. Okay, so no, it's it's pretty scary. I'm gonna post a picture of it in our Facebook group tomorrow. Uh, so the um the thing we saw at Magic Kingdom that was interesting, and I posted this in our Facebook group as well, Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/two men and a mouse, and it was um we saw a we we were at the Rapunzel area, the bathroom area, because we stopped for a restroom break, and Rapunzel was out there in that area. But not taking pictures, just walking around. Okay. Just walking around and interacting with people. I thought it was awesome, Pete. What? Maybe she was she needed to use the loo. Yeah, well, I, I think that she feels responsible for those bathrooms. Maybe she's like asking people, was it clean? You know, did you have enough paper? Was your movement okay? Right. Like, you know, I, I I think that she feels like you know, her name's like kind of stamped on that. So But yeah, she was out there. She was like she was looking for Pascal with the kids, like the little Pascals that are hidden around there. It was just really cool. I want Disney to do more stuff like this. 
like these um these just character atmosphere things kind of like what they do in galaxy's edge um i'm with you on it right like they do with with chewbacca and and the characters nobody wants to see uh <laughs> I'm i do vimerati is my favorite thing in the world the what vimerati oh the spy I, yeah i love her yeah yeah i um so we were by the millennium falcon recently i don't know if i told this story on the show and ray and what's her name vi marati you said vi marati yeah hershey's there and chewbacca's there and the stormtroopers start walking into the area and they're by the falcon and they hide behind the falcon and so i say to the stormtroopers hey they're right there like they're right there look <laughs> and the stormtroopers are like what and i'm like like you can see the wookie he's right there they're right there and then they were like oh nothing to see here move along and and i was like you know if these were the clone troopers they'd be they'd be Fricassee and a Wookiee right now, but and then Chewie growled, and Vimerati said, "He said that's why birds don't like you." Exactly, that's exactly what happened. <sighs> All right, ready to get into the news this week? Please. All right, we got a lot of worldwide news this week, actually. So, um, which I'm sure, if you've been following the Disney news over the last couple of days, should come as no surprise to anybody. Walt Disney World, first of all, big news, will will remove theme park reservation requirements for date-based tickets. So uh, that is going to be starting with park visits on January 9th, 2024. Theme park reservations will no longer <coughs> be required for date-based tickets. When you get your ticket, you simply select a start date for January 9th, 2024 or later, complete your purchase, and then you'll be all set. So... There you go. No more. For for reference, date-based tickets are the standard ticket option offered to guests. For other admission types, including non-dated tickets, theme park reservations may be required to help continue managing attendance. So not, you know, date-based tickets. So I'm assuming when you go, you get a date-based ticket probably, right? I have to, yeah. Yeah. So you will not have to make park reservations anymore starting in January. Ironically, I'm the person that doesn't care. You like your uh, reservations? I don't. I mean, I know where I'm going. Well, I mean, difference. have you? But have you ever <clears throat> tried to get a reservation to a park that you couldn't get? Nope. See, that's why you. That's why you don't mind the reservations. But I do. You know how I do my trip. I'm. I. I can't be far enough in advance. Oh, I. I know. I know. Uh, in further news, annual pass holders and cast members will get reservation-free days at Disney World as well. So in 2024, Disney plans to offer select days for annual pass holders and cast members to visit the theme parks without needing a reservation. Once introduced, Disney will roll out these good-to-go days on an ongoing basis. This will be in addition to the recent update, which offers pass holders the opportunity to visit the theme parks after 2 p.m. without needing a reservation, except on Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom. Now, good-to-go days may vary by park, and pass blockout dates and capacity limitations do continue to apply as they do today. So essentially, I'm wondering if this is going to be like, do you have to make a reservation for most days and then there will be certain days that you don't have to? Or will you very rarely have to make the reservation and then there will be only certain busy days where you have to? In my head, I feel like they would make good to go days, days where they know, okay, we're not crowded on, you know, this Monday in September. That's a good to go day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that's like Like you think Saturdays are going to be good to go day? I don't know. I don't think so. I also don't know. I'm just kind of guessing. Probably not. Now, here's big news for you. And I'm sure you and your family have rejoiced at this news. Also in 2024, the Disney dining plan will be returning. How about that? 
It's big. You know, it's funny. I didn't tell my wife this yesterday until we were at the dinner table, and she was like almost angry that I didn't tell her earlier. You waited I, so I long. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. She was like, how could you not tell me this? I mean, you guys are dining plan people. I agree with her. We are dining plan people. And let me just say, the dining plan is how I get my wife to eat when we're on vacation. Like, if we don't have the dining plan, my wife is just, she's like a money person. She's cost conscious. Like, she'll be like, oh, man, do I, do I really want this? It's, it's $24. And I'm the Uh opposite. I'm on vacation. I'm like, oh, man, I really had my heart set on this, uh, $50 Stellier Filet Mignon. That's what I'm getting. Um, but when I get the meal plan, well, she's got to eat. I already got, we got the meal plan. Yep. You got to get something. So it's, it's already wonderful. paid for. Also, let me just say, meal plan veteran, I get the, you know, rookie mistake of like, oh man, we have all these snacks left over. Or God forbid, people who are like, I have this meal left over. I exhaust my meal plan. Of course. You have to maximize the meal plan when you get it. And yeah. You know, maybe we'll do a future sh- a show in the future as we get closer. Um, <clears throat> to the January 9th return of the dining plan about how to maximize the dining plan for some of our listeners who have never used it before. So guess I'm also we, very curious about that uh, late May date where hopefully we're going to see the price of the dining yes. plan because I'm sure it's going up. Yes, I'm May 31st will we'll be opening for bookings and guests will be able to choose from the quick service dining plan or the Disney dining plan. Did you notice there's not the deluxe Disney dining plan? Correct. So the Disney dining plan was always a table service meal, a counter service meal, and a snack. The deluxe dining plan was three meals a day, which is a lot of food, folks. Like, it's a lot of food and it's a lot of time. I've done the deluxe and I've pulled it off, but I typically have done it in meals where I'm eating multiple signature dining locations. Yes. The two credits. So meals. then I can use multiple credits for that. But yes. having said that, no, I don't care. I don't, I don't ever need deluxe ever again. Yeah. So in a post on the official Disney Parks blog, Disney said, we know our guests and families in particular have missed dining plans, which offer guests the convenience and peace of mind of prepaying for their meals and snacks. Uh, so pricing and participating restaurants are going to be announced at a later date. <clears throat> but here are some of the 2024 Disney dining plan highlights. Everyone in the party, ages three and up, Get one table service meal per night, one quick service meal, and one snack slash non-alcoholic drink per night of their package stay, along with one resort refillable drink mug. Was the was the mug always included in the dining plan? Yes. Okay. Yep. For example, if you book a four-night package with Disney Dining Plan, each guest in your party would receive four table service meals, four quick service meals, and four snacks or non-alcoholic beverages, which can be used anytime during your four-night stay. Now, important information, beverages are included with each meal. So when you have a when you have a meal like a, a quick service meal or a table service meal, you do get a beverage with that, and that's a non-alcoholic beverage, obviously. <clears throat> uh, so it also says guests twenty-one and older with valid identification may substitute for beer, wine, and cocktails. That's interesting. I never really looked into that because I'm not really a big drinker. Reservations at table service you restaurants are. <clears throat> are still highly recommended. Guests ages three to nine must order from a children's menu. So was that always the case on the dining plan? Your kids have to order from the kids yes. menu? Okay. Yeah. The only way it really worked out was back in the day, if you had kids, when you ordered, now not at table service, but if you were at a quick service, they didn't really have a different the way to differentiate um, kids meals and adult meals. So right. yes, if you're at a, a sit down restaurant, your kid is getting a kid's meal. But if you were in a regular quick serve, you could order whatever you want. No one, no one knew. 
Now, the meals are non-transferable between party members and expire at the at midnight on the day of checkout. Now, right. does that mean they expire on midnight the day you check out? Like, you can't wake up and use one of your meals, like, for breakfast that morning? No, you can. It's the, it's at the end of that the day. The end of the midnight at the end of that day. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, a lot of people are still out. in the park for that day. Right, right. right. Okay. But you get allotted meals per night of your stay, right. if that makes sense. Yes, you. that does make sense. Okay, so moving along, Disney has announced early entry and extended evening theme park hours benefit at Walt Disney World continuing into 2024. So the early entry and extended theme park hours uh, gives you a 30-minute early entry across all four theme parks <coughs> for anyone staying at Disney Deluxe Resorts and Deluxe Villas. Disney will also be continuing to offer extended evening hours on select days and parks through 2024. Early theme park entry and extended evening hours require a valid theme park admission and a resort ID, which I assume is on your magic band. Right. <clears throat> so here are the participating hotels. Pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. You know, the Animal Kingdom Lodge, the Beach Club, Boardwalk, Contemporary, Grand Floridian, Polynesian Village, Wilderness Lodge, Yacht Club, uh, Disney Deluxe Villa Resorts, Bay Lake Tower, Boulder Ridge Villas, Copper Creek Villas, Disney's Animal Kingdom Villas, Jumbo House and Kidani Village, uh, Beach Club Villas, Boardwalk Villas, Old Key West Resort, Polynesian Villas and Bungalows, Riviera Resort, Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa, and the Villas at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. Other select hotels include the Walt Disney World Swan, the Walt Disney World Dolphin, uh, the Swan Reserve, and Shades of Green. So these are the ones that get the extended evening hours because those are the deluxe right. DVC resorts. Um, and, you know, do you take advantage of this stuff? Well, I tried to last time, but we had a hurricane. Yes, I do. So the only, day that, the only day that that was going to be available ended up being a no-go well in further news disney has announced plans of genie plus becoming more accessible disney, yeah i don't know what to make of this yeah so essentially disney's working on ways that are going to allow guests to make advanced reservations for genie plus and lightning lane attractions ahead of time avoiding the same day 7 a.m rush in a post to the official blog disney said we have heard from guests that they would like ways to plan with disney genie plus service and individual Lightning Lane selections before the day of their park visit. We want you to know we're working on ways guests may do this for visits in 2024. Our goal is to give you the opportunity to spend less time planning in the park and more time enjoying your visit with friends and family. While we are not yet able to share specific details, we look forward to sharing more information at a later date. Now, when this launched, wasn't it you could make it in advance and then they changed it? I don't think so. It's always been the 7 a.m.? Yep. How do you feel you about that? You could buy it. I know you are one that loves to plan, and you've always planned your fast passes out ahead of time. So, I do. I'm a planner. So, I mean, for me, I welcome anything I can do in advance. Because right. why wouldn't I? Um, I mean, I what, what, is, what is the harm in letting people do it beforehand? I don't understand why that's not a thing. Is it for the people I that guess, are coming you know, that day? Because when has Disney ever cared about that? It's weird. You know, when Disney offered you the ability to purchase this in advance, I did. And I bought it for my whole trip. And now they're like, well, you got to buy it in the morning daily. 
And I'm like, okay, but I feel like it really just like enforces that like maybe you don't need it every day. Like, oh, you're here for a week? Cool. Maybe you only need it for Magic Kingdom one day. And Epcot never, really. That's interesting. That is an interesting way of looking at it. And that's me saying that, and I will happily have paid for it in advance. But now I'm like, my second Hollywood Studios day, do I really need it? Probably not. Probably not. All right. Uh, Moving along, we do to get our first look at the new cast member name tags. And all of my fears were for not. They are exactly the same, except they have like little starbursts on them, basically. I don't know why you thought they were going to be so different. Because they said a new design. And when they say a new design, I assume they're going to look different. I know, but the 50th ones had a new design. Did they? It wasn't really. like I don't consider that a new design. I'm sorry. What do you mean? They were like all blue. I mean, it's still the same design. It's just it was just like a different color or it had a new like had a new like thing on it. It just like the, the shape was still the same. I mean, the shape isn't the shape still the same now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I... I didn't want the shape to change. You didn't want it to be square. It is, despite um, evidence to the contrary, it is not hip to be a square beat. Um, all right, moving on to Magic Kingdom news. Tickets are now on sale for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Now, when is your when is your trip this year? Uh, I'm going to land this year. Okay. So there's um, a little bit of debate in my my house tonight over dinner about this, but we are going to land. Okay, what was the debate? Um, Whether you're going to land or world? No, you know, with a, a kid going into college and a kid going into tenth grade, yeah, like it, no longer do we just share days off. Okay. So my son is, you know, has no qualms taking off whatever because he's like, I'll figure it out. But, you know, my daughter kind of is concerned about missing days because she would be missing more days. So now we're trying to trim the trip, but everyone's kind of, you know, some people are up in arms about it. Yeah. So it gets a little crazy. All right. Well, um, also, I'm trying to squeeze in a Mario into this. This is true. I I would need a full report from the Mario. Uh, So I'm going to try and make that happen. The, uh, guests of select Disney Resort hotels, along with the Swan and Dolphin and Shades of Green, can purchase tickets now. Uh, they will be available to all guests starting May 2nd. Okay, so they're available to everybody now. Ticket prices will range from $109 per person to $199 per person. Can you imagine going with your family and spending 800 bucks on the Halloween party? You know, I had someone text me and he was he's going in october and he's like hey how good is the halloween party and i'm like it's my favorite hard ticket event i love it and he's like okay we're thinking about going and i'm like but i don't know if i'd pay what they're charging now for it i mean can i tell you something it is not my favorite hard ticket event what is christmas i see here's the thing i really love that christmas party man i've said this all the time in Disney World, Christmas is everywhere. Yes. You could be in Animal Kingdom way back in Africa, and it's still Christmas. There's Christmas everywhere. Halloween, you don't get a lot of it. Main Street's decorated, but that's it. Yeah. So the Halloween party is Halloween everywhere with Halloween music and Halloween candy and Halloween characters. And Halloween party. It's just it's the really it's the most Halloween you're possibly going to get in Disney World. I think I've gotten to the point as you know an adult without kids. 
that if I'm going to go to a Halloween party, I'm probably going to go to Halloween Horror Nights at this point. Yeah, no, and I totally get that. And listen, that's part of this also. I don't have much desire to go do the Halloween party anymore, even if I was there with my kids now. We've done it. They're not kids anymore. And let me tell you this. I could do, for I think like 250 bucks, I can get a frequent fear pass and go the whole season to Halloween Horror Nights, with the exception of like a couple blackout dates. And that's what I did last year. I went to Halloween Horror Nights probably 10 times. I mean, it was a lot. Food was terrible, but, you know, everything else was great. I'm sorry to hear that. All right, so the Halloween party will take place from August 11th through November 1st. <clears throat> Begins at 7 p.m. and ends at midnight, with park entry for ticket holders starting at 4 p.m. The usual lineup for entertainment is returning, including the Booty Parade, Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, and not-so-spooky fireworks. Tron Lightcycle Run will also be available this year, but it will be via virtual queue for the Halloween party. So, dates. <laughs> you have August 11th, 15th, 18th, 22nd, 25th, and 29th. September 1st, 4th, 8th, 10th, 12th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 28th, and 29th. October 1st, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 20th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 27th, 29th, and 31st. And then November 1st will be the last one. So these tickets, I mean, the first one in on August 11th is $149 for an adult and $139 for kids. Then it goes down to $109, then it goes up to $119, then it goes to $149 into October. And then starting October, you got $169, $189. Um, and then the last three are $199. Throughout October, it kind of like goes between $169 and $189. Like it keeps switching back and forth, which to me is just absolutely insane. I can't imagine spending I agree. that much on it. I get two hundred bucks. Two hundred in Disneyland. They do the Oogie Boogie Bash. Yes, and I am probably going to do it because it's not it's something we've ever done before. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. And I'm curious. I can't guarantee I'm going to do it. It looks like it's weird nights, like Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So I think there's only one possible night for me to do it. But um, what we're going to try. All right, well, moving along to Epcot news. Did you hear we have a new table service restaurant coming to Epcot? No. This was just announced, I believe, either today or yesterday. Epcot's Japan Pavilion will host a new table service restaurant opening this summer called Shikisai Sushi Izakaya. Located on the second floor and replacing Tokyo Dining, this table service restaurant offers a festive dining experience and a shareable izakaya-style complete with World Showcase Lagoon firework views. Huh. <coughs> that sounds pretty cool. You'll be able to experience the essence of Japan's seasonal festivals where each month brings a new celebration to your table. From hanging Tenzaku to celebrate t- uh, t- Tanabata in July to savoring moon-viewing dumplings in September, a cultural representative from Japan will guide you through each unique festival experience one bite at a time. The atmosphere also embraces the festivals of Japan, with the atmosphere featuring beautiful hand-painted artwork and lanterns highlighting some of the natural wonders that Japan offers as well. In addition to a full menu with sushi and teppan items, there will be an open sushi bar and grill. Sushi lovers will get a first-hand look at sushi being made right before their eyes by the chefs when sitting at the sushi bar. 
This unique spot provides a view of a magnificent trellis inspired by the roof of the Phoenix Hall in Kyoto. Some highlights from the sushi bar include the Kabori Sushi Tokyo Negi Roll, Funamori, and the Monster Roll. I wonder if it's a Morty Monster Roll. That would be interesting. Oh, that'd be... What do you think? Is it blue? It'd probably be blue. Uh, Kabori Sushi translates to overflowing sushi and features Negi Toro and Nakaochi tuna paired with salmon roe and green onion. The Tokyo Negi Roll combines green onion tempura rolled with tuna tataki and topped with jalapeno aioli, shredded carrot, and sliced jalapeno. The Funamori features sashimi and sushi arranged in a boat-shaped platter. It looks actually pretty epic. Like, there's a picture of it here. You'll also be able to sample dishes from the world of Japanese izakaya, a type of casual pub-style restaurant. One of the main highlights of izakaya culture is the emphasis on sharing plates of food while enjoying drinks and conversations with friends. The menu at an izakaya typically features a wide range of small dishes, and here is no different. From savory karage chicken to succulent salmon mizuyaki, even a refreshing tomato salad with avocado, izakaya cuisine is all about offering a variety of small plates that can be indulged in a social and relaxed atmosphere. Kind of like tapas, I guess. Right? Okay. Um, Among the grilled items, okonomiyaki is a highlight. This Japanese savory pancake is made with a batter of flour, eggs, and water, and then filled with shredded cabbage and bacon and topped with tangy okonomiyaki sauce, mayonnaise, aonori, bonito flakes, and pickled ginger. Reservation and pricing details are still to be announced. So, does that strike your interest? Uh, how about this? Yes, I would love to do it. I will never eat there. Why? I do not have Japanese food fans in my house. Oh, that's a shame. See, I love Japanese food. I don't know if you could tell by the fact that I was able to actually uh, pronounce the names of the Japanese foods, uh, but I am kind of a weeb. Uh, okay. <laughs> which, you know, uh, so we actually had reservations for our two-year anniversary to eat over at Sci-Fi at Hollywood Studios this past weekend, and we canceled it because we found an all-you-can-eat sushi place. All right. It was so good, let me tell you. I mean, it was unbelievable. This sushi place was off the charts. It was 40 pieces of sushi between the two of us for $30 each. When when was the last time you ate at Sci-Fi? Long time ago. Probably like three years, maybe. I got to tell you, Sci-Fi, and I can never tell you I think Sci-Fi food is like the best. Right. But if I lived in Florida, I'd go there all the time. You can't always, you can't get reservations for it all the time. I would try and get a res- reservation nonstop for it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to bring her there, but, you know, we decided all you can eat sushi was more in line with what we wanted. I got that. And I don't regret it, not for a second. We did all you can eat sushi and then went right to the Magic Kingdom. Um, You know, I had to, like, roll into the Magic Kingdom because I was so full of sushi, but yeah, I think it. this restaurant sounds sushi great. <clears throat> it's my second favorite pavilion after Canada. And um, it, I think it's going to be great. I love it. Definitely going to try Please it. Please let me know how it is. I will. Okay, so um, in further Epcot news, Spaceship Earth will celebrate Disney 100 with all new lighting with an all new lighting sequence this year, featuring the iconic Mickey Mouse silhouette and other special effects. <clears throat> the show lighting team at Walt Disney Imagineering has been amazed at our guests' reaction to the new nightly shows on Spaceship Earth, said Jason Reed. Uh, show lighting designer principal for Walt Disney Imagineering. We helped celebrate the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World's 
Epcot's 40th and the Park Signature Festivals. Now we're excited to have Spaceship Earth ring the biggest celebration yet, the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. So there you go. It's going to be a whole new experience. I know you don't, you're not a big fan of the lights on Spaceship Earth. I happen to love them. So I don't know what to tell you. Prepare to be disappointed. Listen, I mean, I'm okay with it. It's just, I, I don't love it. What do you want me to say? The uh, So no Animal Kingdom news this week, but we do have some Hollywood studios. Uh, there's a new meet and greet with Ariel from the new live action Little Mermaid film. And uh, she will be meeting and greeting at Walt Disney Presents for a limited time. It's going to also be a special sneak peek and props from the film available at Walt Disney Presents Theater. Classic Ariel from the original animated movie will continue to meet guests at her grotto in Magic Kingdom. But if you want to meet movie Ariel, she's in the Hollywood studios. So the current Monsters Incorporated meet and greet will be relocating to Pixar Place starting May 14th. And Sully is expected to continue to meet guests inside Walt Disney Presents. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Sully is expected to meet guests there. Uh, okay. So what do you think of that? They're, they're, it looks like they're finally bringing back the current movie character and that's going to be the, place I love it. Are. I think that's a great idea. I hope we see more. Of that. A little upset. I'm going to miss it. Um, are you excited about the new little mermaid movie? I mean, I don't see these live action movies. Like sometimes I'll catch them if they're on Disney plus. I don't remember the last time I went to see one. I think the last one I went to see in theaters was jungle book. And I liked Jungle Book, um, but I have not liked any of the others. Pretty much, I'm I'm gonna say something. I see them all in the theater. My my both my kids love them. I think they're great. I love that they change all the necessary things that need to be changed in the movies. Um. There, there, I don't feel like I ever need to see it more than once. Maybe, maybe not Aladdin. I actually really liked Aladdin a lot. You know what? That was the one my dad wanted me to watch it. And we sat down and he started singing One Jump. And he was just like casually strolling right. down the seat, down the street while singing it. And I was like, yeah, turn this off. I really liked Aladdin. But I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, I saw. Beauty and the Beast in the theater, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and it fixes so many problems. Like, there's no reason why the Beast wouldn't be able to read. He's royalty. This yes. is bananas. But I like that they fix that. Like, yeah. It, it's crazy that no one knows there's a giant castle right there. Yeah, they no, everyone forgot like, there was a prince. Like, right. I love that they do all that stuff, and I really liked it. I went to go see it. I'm like, this is great, but I don't need to see it again. I thought I'll never watch the... it over. Yeah, I thought Beauty and the Beast was okay. I did not like Emma Watson as Belle. I didn't love her either. Um, I feel like there were okay, a right? million better options than Hermione Granger because when she was up there as Belle, I think I the funny like, thing is it's Hermione Granger. The, the Lion King, which made a ton of money, so <sighs> good for them. And I liked it. And we went to go see it. And I just think it's funny because it's – I know that it's in the style of live action. I know, but, but it's, it's not really live just action. animated. It's 100% computer You're like, generated. look, it's another animated Lion King. Yeah. Uh I listen, having said that, I really did like Aladdin a lot, and I think Little Mermaid looks great. Look, so. I love the, I gave them props for making James Earl Jones Mufasa still. Yes. I mean, look, at, at that point, when you're already doing this, you know, live action remake, I mean, why not just go for broke and bring the whole cast back? Like, other than Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right. whose voice is probably too deep now. But no, I liked the cast. I thought Beyonce was an inspired choice for Nala. Um, I really liked uh, Donald Glover as Simba. I thought those were fantastic casting choices. 
John Oliver was great as Zazu, even though Zazu's character design was was horrifying. See, here's the thing, and this is the thing that The Little Mermaid is going to have a problem with, I think, too, is... And, like, I understand the desire to go hyper-realistic with the animal characters, but fish are creepy. They're creepy looking. Flounder is the stuff of my nightmares. And the other thing is, and we learned this with Lion King, and this was a big thing that people didn't like in that movie, animals can't emote facial right. right so it's it's kind of like like it's it's just it just came up weird like to me for little mermaid i'm like you know i think we all would have forgiven you if sebastian and flounder just looked like the movie version of sebastian and flounder in cgi like right. give some realistic scales on flounder and and you know whatever but like we all would have been like yeah i get it but like you gave us this like like a crab and a fish are like gross looking creatures so I still think it could be <laughs> look I mean I'm glad Disney can make money with these they're just I just realized they're not for me like I enjoy yeah, I loved, I loved Jungle Book I loved Jungle Book I thought Jungle Book was fantastic Um, I mean Cinderella I thought was meh Maleficent is the thing I hate more than anything in the world uh, well, so, okay so Maleficent and Cruella aren't really live action remakes they're totally separate stories but, but maleficent tells the story of sleeping beauty it goes through the whole story yeah it's not really the same though you know it's like saying corella tells the story of hundred does it i didn't see it. it i didn't see it corella's great i heard it was good great. my best friend loves it but yeah, it's really good um yeah i get it I, and that's the thing like i don't think anyone's trying to replace the animateds but i think if you go and give kids an opportunity to see you know, the little mermaid. I think of how many like girls my age, right? I mean, I'm 46. Right. Girls my age love little mermaid. Of you know why? Cause we were all like 13, 14. Like I get it, right? Yeah. Why not let a 13 or 14 year old now have this movie? It's not taking anything away from you. Look, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you don't have to defend it to me. I don't mind that they're doing it. It's just, I think the fish looks creepy. Like, <laughs> It's always like it's always like when people come to me and they're like, "Oh, I don't. There, there shouldn't be any more Toy Story movies." And I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Oh, because you know they wrapped it up so beautifully." And I'm like, "I know, but there are still kids out there who I feel like should have a Toy yeah. Story movie." Yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, as long as they have good ideas and they're written well, and and I, well, I therein like lies the like, problem, Pete. They have to have good ideas and they have to be written well. Right. The Toy Story movies usually are pretty great. Yeah. No, I've never had a complaint about a Toy Story movie. Never. I think they're all, they've all been great. So I'm saying, like, like, if you're, if you're doing another Toy Story movie and like, I don't, I never have a problem with it. I mean, look, I get the people that are like, oh, it was against Walt's vision was to never do sequels, to never look back. But, well, you know, you, that ship sailed that ship a long, long time, ago. time ago. Yeah. Like, that's why we used to get the direct to, D, to, to video sequels, yep. which I mean, look, yep. the greatest of all time was Return of Jafar. That was. It's funny, you know. I look back and I remember I, I've seen all of those. Mm -hmm. I, I, some of them I don't, you know, with that Lion King 2, that original Lion King 2. It's very good. I didn't. I, I like say, it. I don't hate that movie at all. I love that I movie, don't. actually. Right? It's got one of the I mean, greatest villain good. songs of all time. I do. I own the soundtrack to that. Oh, I was so excited. It's in, it. it's on my, it's on my Spotify playlist. Like Lullaby is on my Spotify playlist. I, also, don't think Lion King one and a half is is bad for what it is. No, no, it's fine. Like it's a, it's a comedic take. I, I thought it was pretty okay. Yeah, I th I thought it was a nice view of like the movie that we're all so familiar with, like from a different 
perspective yeah. and you know the timon and pumbaa movie had been or, i'm sorry the timon and pumbaa tv show had been fun so yep. Yep. i that's the thing i miss dude i miss those disney movie tv shows like the aladdin one was so good let, let me just i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off i got just if we're gonna talk about sequels for a second okay have you ever seen the little mermaid too no i i started to you know what i did and i think i like blocked it out because it's not it's good. one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life i mean i've heard tara strong who plays melody talk about it and i'm like i felt good for her because she got to sing with jody benson and she like cried but i mean i'm like good for you but like ugh. that movie ain't like, good it makes no sense she like won't let her like daughter like go in the water like it's yeah so weird i don't know what they were thinking well, because they had to do it it's the same thing but it's reversed and we have a skinny ursula now voiced also by pat Cow. Uh, you know how brothers and sisters always have the same exact voice right same voice yeah, yeah. um i have gosh i i, I don't know like the... hey, listen speaking of cartoons this is the this is the one thing that really bothers me that is not on Disney Plus. Aladdin the animated series. Do you remember the Buzz? But, no, Buzz okay. Lightyear cartoon. Yes, we discussed this a couple weeks ago. I mean, that cartoon was great. It really bothers me. Yeah, yeah, really bugs me too. They don't have that. They don't have Aladdin. They don't have Hercules. Not cool. I really that Aladdin animated series is fantastic. Because other than Robin Williams, it's the whole cast. I mean, it's the cast from like Return of Jafar. They've got Homer Simpson playing did, the genie. Did they? Um, did they do? Trying to think. Did they? I know they did a Tarzan show. Did they? I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tarzan had a show. There was a Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid show. Had a show. Little right? Mermaid had a show, but I didn't love it because it broke canon a bit. Like to okay. me, you have this show. <clears throat> when you make one of these cartoons. It's got to fit into the time. It's got to fit into the canon of the, of the movie for me. Like right. the Aladdin animated series fits in a very specific spot. It's between Return of Jafar and the King of Thieves. Like that's where it lives. The Hercules one all takes place during One Last Hope. It takes place during the song. It's, it's the montage right. basically. Um, the, in the Little Mermaid one, like she's interacting with Ursula all the time. Like, she's foiling Ursula's plans. And I'm like, she didn't know Ursula. Yeah. Like, she meets Ursula for the first time in the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, right. and they, they had the lion guard. Um, you yeah, know. I remember that. The, I mean, that was that was more recent. There were, I've heard the Tangled series was excellent. I believe that, too. A lot of, and, and that has a really good villain song, too, with Crossing the Line. Uh, the Aladdin animated series, though, they gave us one of the greatest Disney villains of all time, and like no one remembers him in Mosenrath. Who is it? Mosenrath. He was okay. He was like the dark sorcerer that even Jafar was afraid of, and he had this like magic gauntlet, and like with the gauntlet he could do like this incredible dark magic, and it was eventually supposed to be revealed that he was Aladdin's brother, and. The, he was supposed to be the villain of King of Thieves. Like the King of Thieves was going to be a story about Aladdin, Saluk, their father, and Mosenrath. But then for some reason they scrapped that. The, they scrapped Mosenrath from it. Um, huh. Interesting. I think it was because they were like, oh, what if people didn't watch the cartoon? But I'm like, they can go watch the cartoon. But right. And when Mosenrath, like when they took the gauntlet away from Mosenrath, his hand underneath was a skeleton hand. 
Whoa. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. Um, I, I, I couldn't say no. And then they did a really cool crossover between the Hercules and the, um, Aladdin animated series. Did you ever hear about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds cool. Yeah. It opens with Jafar in the underworld right after Return of Jafar and Hades and Jafar like make okay. a deal where like Jafar is going to go kill Hercules and Hades is going to go kill Aladdin. And, you know, Aladdin and Hercules have to team up basically. So it was really neat. I liked it a lot. I do. I love me some crossover because there's nothing about Hercules and Aladdin that says they could not have been at the same time. Like I love those things where they, we kind of like piece the Disney like like movies together and like try to make them work in the same universe, like the Pixar theory. Yeah, what is better, like crossover stuff like that, or when live action shows go to a Disney theme park? Oh, I mean, live action shows go to a Disney theme park is my favorite thing in the world. Actually, you know what? That's an ongoing series that I've wanted to do on the show for a while. Where we like, we'll like watch like, I'm in. Like this week we watched the episode of Boy Meets World and we discuss it. We go through it. Like, you want to start doing Dude, that like next week? I am in. I love all of them so much. Which one do we start I'm with? Totally we start, on board you want to start with Full House? You want to start with Boy Meets World? I, I, you know what? It's up to you. You know what? Maybe we should let the listeners vote. All right. How about that? Don't sleep on that Modern Family. Go to Disneyland one. That That's a good I, dude. I love Modern Family. You don't. Have to, you don't have to put Modern Family over to me. I love that show. Um, that has one of my favorite lines of one of my favorite Disney lines of all time. Mitch says to Cam, uh, "Stop calling it Downton Disney." <laughs> and I thought it. I thought it was hysterical. That is really funny. Uh, so the uh, so which ones do we got? We got Boy Meets. Well, there's Boy Meets World. There's Full House. There's Roseanne. Um, yep. step by step. Sabrina the Teenage yep. Witch never did it. I don't think. Yeah, Fam- she does. She goes to Animal Kingdom. Oh, does one. she? Okay, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Uh, Family Family Matters. <laughs> Family yep. Matters was a two parter. Um, and then Modern Family. So there's six of them. I guarantee there's, there's more, probably but more. those are probably the main ones. There's got to be more. All right, so those are the six we're going with at the moment, and if we can find more, we'll go with more. I gotta tell you that Boy Meets World episode is fantastic. It is great. It's great. It's a big episode too. Corey and Topanga get back together. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. You know, after they had broken up. So uh, it's actually really fun. So there's a there's a Boy Meets World podcast that I listen to religiously. It's called Pod Meets World, and it's it is the actors the actors who played uh, Sean, Eric, and Topanga, and they like go through each episode and like give you the behind the scenes stuff. And they do interviews with the rest of the cast, except for Ben Savage. <laughs> he wants nothing right. to do with it. Apparently. I'm uh, sure. And uh, it was really like, they got the three bullies together. They got like Harley, Frankie and uh, Joey, the bullies together for the first time in 30 years. It's really, really interesting stuff. Like it's a great oh, that's show. Awesome. I highly, highly recommend if you liked boy meets world at any point, or you want to do a rewatch, Rewatch it with this podcast because it's very, very good. Uh, they do a great interview with Mr. Feeney. And he's like, you know, he's in his 90s. Yeah. So, like, you know, his wife is kind of there with him to kind of, like, guide the conversation. They've been, they've been married 75 right. years or something like that. Yeah, they have. I know. It's crazy. That's great. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. And I mean, like, I have, like, I already loved Will Friedle, like, as a human being. But after listening to Pod Beats World, I'm obsessed with Will Friedle. Like, I, I got to meet Will Friedle once. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, nice. Yeah, my friend and I did the Boy Meets World uh, photo op at Megacon. And 
you've probably never done one of these photo ops. It's, it is very much a meat never. market. Like you go in, they're standing there, you stand there, they click the camera, you maybe have time to say one quick thing as they're ushering you out. Like you're in there for five seconds. So right. we get in there. <laughs> you know, immediately we go to our we go to our childhood crushes. I stood next to Topanga. My buddy Dave stood next to Sean, <laughs> and but I'm between Topanga and um, and Eric, and so they take the picture. And as we're leaving, I looked at Eric, and the only thing I could think to say was, "Return of the Joker is the greatest Batman movie of all time." And he was like, "Oh my god, thank you," because he's Terry McGinnis. Yeah, of course. And I firmly believe that. By the way, Return of the Joker is fantastic. It was great, yeah. Return of the Joker is Mark Hamill's best performance as the Joker, I think. And maybe the Arkham games, but the Arkham games hadn't come out yet. Uh, right. But yeah, I love, I love that movie. So yeah, that was the one thing I ever got to say to Will Friedle was how much I love Return of the Joker. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's actually shocking when you see like how many different characters Will Friedle has played. Because like, oh, he's, sure. he's Star-Lord. He's Deadpool. Um, you know, he's, he's Terry McGinnis. Uh, he was Lino in the, uh, in the Thundercats reboot. Yep. How did, how did which you, was great. I loved that Thundercats reboot. I thought it, it was, was wonderful. I thought it was fantastic. I watched the whole first season and I was like, man, this is great. And then like, they can't, what, they canceled after the second? Uh, I gotta be honest with you, that show was canceled before the first episode even aired. Uh, it was so, it was good. I really liked it. He said the one, the one thing he's never gotten a chance to be in that he wants to be in is Ninja Turtles. And I'm like, oh, he'd be a great Leonardo. Yep. But I think lately there's kind of been this push to make the turtles like actually cast them as teenagers. It's like in that Seth Rogen movie, which I hate the art style of. Uh, they're like played by actual teenagers, and it's weird. Is that the new one that's coming out? Yeah, it's weird, dude. It sound it's they sound like babies. Yeah, it's a little weird. I agree. I mean, I'm all for showing them being teenagers, but I mean, look. At the end of the day, nothing's ever going to be worse than that Michael Bay movie. The two of them. They're bad. I know. I mean, look, I I could have overlooked a lot, but making Splinter and the Shredder have no connection whatsoever, and Splinter learned martial arts from a book that he found in the sewer, like, I'm like, no. No. Splinter is not doing self-taught suburbanite ninjutsu. Like, come on. And, and, and I mean, look, the the whole thing with that movie is that clearly the Shredder was supposed to be that one dude, and then people got mad, and they made it this like random shadowy Japanese right. man. Yeah. Um. And then you know they did, and I'm like, oh, they're finally doing Krang in a movie, and that was horrible. <sighs> Bebop and Rocksteady weren't terrible. No, they weren't bad, and they're like my favorites. So. Yeah, yeah. And they, I gave them credit for Bebop and Rocksteady. Um. You know, I would like to see Baxter Stockman be a fly in one of these movies one time. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, look, Turtles is like. I don't know if you know this about me, but Turtles was my first ever fandom as a kid. I yeah, just judging on your age, I mean, sure, I get that. It was the first thing that I was ever super into outside of like like Sesame Street. Right, like, Turtles were like my jam. Uh, so, you know. All right, we've we wow, we've vamped for a long time here. All right, well, that's the news this week. Nice. All right. And but by the way, folks, that's the kind of banter you're going to probably hear on the patron only show. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that, then that'll be coming at you. All right, folks, we are going to, um, reset ourselves real quick and be right back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More two men in the mouse coming at you right away. 
Hey listeners, this is Mark Daniel, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, Walt Disney World is a great place to share with your family members. And so many of us have such great, great memories of sharing it with our parents, our siblings, our own kids as we grow older. (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, my my throat is like done tonight. I'm not going to cut that out. I don't think I'm going to cut that out. I think we're just like, uh, I think like you have the music is still out. rolling right now. That might have been a little much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so um, but one of the people, like our parents are people that we share so many wonderful memories in the parks with. And on days where we are able to give back to our parents, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, what better day to spend in Walt Disney World? A day that's not about us. It's about the people who brought us into this world. So with Mother's Day being this Sunday, Pete and I thought it might be a good idea for our e-ticket attraction of the week to talk about the ways you can celebrate Mother's Day in Walt Disney World. And uh, uh, before we get into our e-ticket attraction, Pete, just wanted to also say to check out our good friends over at Away With Me Travel because they have got they've got everything on lockdown. You know, regarding the new Disney dining plan, regarding these park reservations. So our friends over at Away With Me Travel, Justin from over at DDP Today, does a great job over there. And, uh, you know, check them out because they're partners with the show and, you know, supporting them, supporting us and love those guys over there. Couldn't say enough good things about them. So, Pete, have you ever done Mother's Day or Father's Day at Disney? I would assume no. not because that's not usually your your time period, right? It is not my time period. Yeah, May and June, typically not Mandel family vacation time. Back in the day, we did May because it used to be Star Wars weekend. So right. It was close, but you're, this was a long time ago. You know, I am still so sore that I never got to do Star Wars weekends. That was just so great. Never got to experience like all that cool Star Wars stuff before the, the sequels came out, before The Last Jedi came out. When I could have met Luke you Skywalker. You know, it's weird, like... I mean, Batu is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yes. It's it way better than Star Wars Weekends ever yeah, was. No, I get it. But just having all like, you know, Jedi Mickey walking, you know, being able to meet so Jedi cool. Mickey. And, and just, it wasn't like, oh, hey, there's like 10 characters here. There's like 25 characters. And that's what I wanted from a Star just, Wars the theme best. park. Like, I assumed it was just going to be Star Wars Weekend every day. I didn't realize we were going to slavishly tie ourselves to this storyline set in this time period. You know, like I would have been okay with like a Star Wars theme park. And, you know, like with Jedi Mickey and stuff like that. Like, I, I would have loved that. Right. But, you know, anyway, that is a tangent for another day. We're talking about moms here. So, um, you know, folks, my mom, my mother, I started thinking about this and I was like, well, how would I make my mother's day special in Walt Disney World? And the first thing I thought was I probably wouldn't because she wouldn't want to be at Walt Disney World on Mother's Day. Uh, my mom always like, you know, she enjoys the parks, but I, it's not her idea of a perfect day. You know, my mom was always the one that wanted to have, when my mom goes on vacation, she likes to relax, you know? Right. My mother will sit on a beach for an entire day and, you know, like, like she's Sicilian. She can handle it. Uh, she can handle the sun, but the, uh, 
you know, having like walking around a park, like she has a good time at the parks, but I started thinking about things outside the parks that I would be able to do. So the first thing I thought of Pete is, and I don't even know if this is a thing that it's done anymore, but the brunch, the Sunday brunch at California grill would be a perfect mother's day experience. Now it's not cheap. It's like 95 bucks a head, but it is bottomless mimosas it is, you know, a charcuterie that's to die for. It's this amazing meal. I mean, I got like a lobster eggs Benedict. I mean, it is unbelievable. And it's morning and then you get to come back at night for the fireworks. That would be my ideal Mother's Day. Another thing that I know isn't back yet is high tea at the Grand Floridian. Have you ever like, did your wife or daughter ever do this? No. I mean, we've read about it, but never did it. I did it with a friend before it went away because it hasn't come back since COVID. And you know what? There are like, there are people like at the cast members of the Grand Floridian who I would ask because my friend Jenna and I had reservations to do it before COVID hit. And then, um, so I keep asking cast members, I'm like, oh, you know, any, any news on like the high tea? And they're like, oh, I would, I would keep your eyes peeled pretty soon. And you know, and then it never happened. But it was it was great. You get your choice of tea. They bring you your own teapot with like this little Grand Floridian like tea warmer. Uh, you get the finger sandwiches. You get the desserts. But now these are all things that I don't believe are being offered currently. So let's talk about some. Well, for for starters, walk us through how you think your wife would enjoy Mother's Day and Walt Disney World with the family. The great question. There is part of me that would think, if I was a local, she would look like Mother's Day by me taking the kids to Disney. And letting her be by herself. I think my wife would like to go to the spa. You know, that is something that I think some of our friends around the world said when I asked about this, is that, you know, maybe everybody, maybe it's not a big family get-together. Maybe you buy mom the the special, like, works treatment over at Grand Floridian or at Saratoga right. Springs. And you guys go to the parks and let her just relax and have, you know. I think she would love to have lunch with us or dinner with us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think she would also love some pampering. I think that would be a, a big thing. For yeah. Her. I, I think the spas are a really great thing to do during that. And Disney has got some fantastic spas. Uh, you know, the Grand Floridian, I hear great things about their spa. I hear great things about Saratoga Springs. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways to just kind of kick back and relax. And. You know, to, to my mom, after a spa treatment, she would just love to veg by the pool. Like, you know, right. like I said, she likes to relax. She was always the one that wanted to insert a relaxation day into our Disney trips. Which, you know, her and my brothers would relax. And my dad and I would go to Epcot or something. So, right. <laughs> um, but I wanted to check in with some of the things that... So a few of our friends around the world chimed in on this. Um, and uh, so... Alexia Hopp, who is a good friend of mine, she said she is taking her mother on the Behind the Seeds tour this Sunday for Mother's Day. Oh, that's nice. My friends just did that. You know, I think a tour would be a great Mother's Day idea because it's something new and unexpected. So if your mother loves dolphins, you do the Dolphins in Depth tour. If your mother is a plant lady like my soon-to-be mother-in-law, you do the Behind the Seeds tour. We are super duper excited to take uh, my my future mother-in-law to the behind the seeds tour eventually. One thing about the tours is that it's, you know, I just did that, the Savannah tour in Animal yes. Kingdom. They also have one called Savor the Savannah, which is a little less walking and a little bit more food and, and beverage. Uh, the great thing about them is you're in Disney, you're seeing something Disney you haven't seen, but you're you're not with a ton of people. I do it's like, not like you're I with like, like that. 300 people. 
it, it is it's a, usually it's a pretty small group getting to do something you don't always do in Disney. So that part's very cool. But you know, I think of Mother's Day. I don't think of being there with you know twenty thousand people watching fireworks. I think of trying to do something you know a little bit more secluded. So maybe the tours are a great idea. Yeah, I I, I mean, and the behind the scenes tour is not expensive. I believe it's somewhere um, around um, like thirty something bucks or something. Is it? I almost thought it was free. No, it's definitely not free. Um, no, I think it's it's somewhere in the thirty something dollar range. Last time I checked, since it came back from COVID, okay. it might be more. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I know it was definitely like when we looked at at tours, we were like, oh wow, this is super affordable. Uh, you know, they used to have that Segway tour of Epcot. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, I remember my friends did that. Yeah, I remember I used to see it and be like, oh, I kind of want to do that. Dolphins in Depth was great. I did Dolphins in Depth. And, you know, one of the coolest parts about Dolphins in Depth wasn't even seeing the dolphin. It was seeing the area backstage where Corey from Boy Meets World met Dana from Step by Step. Yep. Yep. You, you told me that before, and I've always remembered it. And I was, uh, I remember we were walking by the thing. I'm like, this is where Corey met Dana from Step by Step. Topanga was back here, was too. Like, like, Behind the seeds is 35, which in Disney is like free. Yeah, that's basically free in Disney. Like you can't get most meals for $35. (sighs) Um, Okay. uh, Cassidy Marinho says, I was there for Mother's Day last year and I found the main things uh, specific to the day were food, especially desserts. The backdrop for the photo spot at Disney Springs was also very cute too. Uh, She posted a picture of it. It's really, really nice. It's like, it's like a little like white thatched, um, like garden background. It says happy. Um, it says uh, moms all May long celebrating moms all May long. And it's got like flowers and stuff on it. Really cute. Uh, Eric Matt says nice. having dad take the kids to the park for a few hours while mom enjoys a few treatments at the Grand Floridian Spa. And oh, there you go. Yeah. Lindsay Ray said uh, this is what we're doing for our trip in a few weeks. And this mom can't wait. Uh, Christina McSheffrey says we used to be able to go to that time of year before the dreaded MCAS took over. Uh, I don't know what that is, but uh Probably, I think, testing or something, maybe? I don't know. Um, they would give carnations at Magic Kingdom that day, and we would have a special dinner at Cinderella's Royal Table. I didn't know about the carnations. That's pretty cool. Hey, that's very cool. Uh, Lindsay Watkins Nader says, enjoying a few hours at the resort pool without having to watch this, Mommy, while my kids spin jump into the pool for the 79th time. So, again, a lot of these moms are, like, basically, like, I want to be left alone for Mother's Day. Like, yeah, no, I think that's, like, important. I yeah. don't think that they're saying, like, I want to spend the whole day. I just, I know my wife. I know that's how she would be. She would kill for just a little bit of time to herself yeah. and then get to, you know, share a wonderful meal. Oh, wow. Laura Ferguson says, we rented a pontoon boat and watched Illuminations. Don't know if they still do this. It was awesome because they let you keep all the snacks. There are these fireworks cruises, and that could be a good thing to do yeah. for your, um, you know, for your Mother's Day. Uh, do you want to hear about what Disney actually has like offered for Mother's Day? Yeah, please, I would love to hear. A lot of it's food. So, <clears throat> the following restaurants have announced special Mother's Day dining options for 2023. Maria and Enzo's at Disney Springs will be serving its Sicilian cuisine-inspired brunch menu from 11:30 to 3:30 p.m. Guests can enjoy family favorites like the Crunch Toast, a cornflake crusted brioche with Nutella mascarpone, and strawberry compote, plus the spaghetti carbonara americana featuring thick-cut spaghetti imported from Italy with applewood bacon and a soft-poached egg on top. Signature craft cocktails and bottomless mimosas or bellinis are also available. Brunch at uh, Galeo at uh, Disney Springs. 
Uh, it welcomes guests to explore, discover, and share the vibrant spirit and flavors of Spain with its brunch menu featuring signature dishes like tortillas. Day, uh, I'm not as good with Spanish as I am with uh, with Japanese. <laughs> so they have olive oil pancakes with house-made blueberry compote and Florida honey. And a carne asada con huevo frito, which is a grilled flat iron steak with fried egg, potatoes, and moche verde. There's also a Mother's Day luau at Morimoto Asia, uh, which is going to be um, on May the 14th at noon, featuring all the delicious food, excitement, and festivities of a traditional Hawaiian party. So ah, that's pretty cool. It's got the Pacific Islander, Asian, um, American, yeah. you know, kind of thing going there. I like that a lot. Uh, so you'd be immersed in Asian Pacific culture with Hawaiian inspired poke and sushi bar, Kahuku food trucks, famous garlic shrimp, Morimoto style baby ribs. Those Morimoto ribs are, have you ever had the ribs at Morimoto? I haven't. I mean, I did just eat there, but I mean, I was so stuffed food, everything else I ate. Those I didn't sti- have the ribs. The sticky ribs are unbelievable. You can also get a whole roasted pig and an assortment of desserts. Plus enjoy performances by a live band and hula dancers along with a strolling ukulele player who will be there to serenade mothers on their special day. That, to me, that's the most fun one, I think. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, there are also a bunch of, like, specific treats that are coming to Walt Disney World for Mother's Day. <laughs> so at the resort hotels, Jico, uh, the cooking place, on May 14th only, has a trio of truffles paired with Graham Beck Sparkling Brut Rosé. The Mara has dark chocolate dipped strawberries <clears throat> from the 7th through the 14th. Disney's Beach Club at the Beach Club Marketplace has a Mother Di- Mother's Day cookie bouquet, vanilla cookies decorated with royal icing. Beaches and Cream has a bouquet shake, which is a strawberry milkshake with strawberry puree. Um, Disney's Boardwalk at the Deli has the mini croissant roll, which is a croissant dough with raspberry marmalade. The Contemporary at the Contempo Cafe has a chocolate strawberry tart. Steakhouse 71 also has a Mother's Day brunch. Um, Steakhouse 71 is pretty good. Have you eaten there yet? I have not since it changed. I ate there with our buddy Dave Weikert, and it was it was oh, excellent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, Gasparilla Island Grill, has a strawberry shortcake bar. The Old Key West Resort and Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa uh, have a strawberry passion fruit bar. The Polynesian Village Resort at Pineapple and I has a Mother's Day flowers Dole Whip float which is a Dole Whip with Bomfi Rosa Regale sparkling red topped with shimmering edible flowers. Kona Island and Kona Island and Captain Cook's have an Aloha Mom. It's called, it's a Dole Whip pineapple cream puffs topped with coconut mousse, shaved coconut and fondant decor. That sounds really good. Disney's Riviera Resort at La Petite Cafe has a pistachio raspberry eclair and a Mother's Day mimosa pairing. Over at the Wilderness Lodge at Roaring Fork is a Mother's Day cupcake. The Yacht Club at Mark and Ale Compass has a Mother's Day cookie bouquet. Over at Epcot at Coral Reef, they have a Mother's Day dessert, which is a strawberry mousse, pistachio chiffon cake, and rosewater ganache. At Disney Springs, many of the restaurants are offering the weekend brunch. You can celebrate the season with Mama Disney Springs, uh, and this started on April 28th and goes through May 14th. At the Town Center, you can write Mom a heartfelt message on bloomable postcards. When you're done, you just drop your note in a nearby mailbox, which Disney provides the stamps. When the postcard arrives in the mail, not only will mom be able to enjoy your note, but she will find seeds in the paper itself. You can plant the seeds and flowers will grow, presenting her with a beautiful gift. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. You can also create wonderful memories when you strike a pose in front of the mom photo op in town center. 
Visit the Disney Springs Kids Club on Saturday mornings where we will be offering complimentary face painting for the whole family in honor of Mother's Day available while supplies last. Over at Amaret's Patisserie, you have a Mother's Day sweet treat, a Dockside Margarita's, a Violet Bouquet. At the Ganacherie, Rosa Regale and Ganache Square. And, you know, for any reservations for all of this stuff, you can call 407-W-Disney. That's a lot of stuff Disney's doing for Mother's Day. Yeah, you got a lot of choices. <laughs> when I was at SeaWorld, they were like, celebrate your mom this Sunday for Mother's Day at SeaWorld. And I'm like, oh, no, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love, you know me, I love SeaWorld. I, I've had my SeaWorld pass for years, mostly because it's so cheap. There's no reason to not have it. But I SeaWorld is, is janky. I mean, like, you know. Right. And and you would think I wouldn't love SeaWorld because SeaWorld's rides are all roller coasters, like upside downy roller coasters, and that's not my thing. Right. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about it that I love. And I, you know what? I did bring my mom and dad. To, you know what? Now that I think about it, I brought my parents to SeaWorld last time that they were like, they were here, and they, my mom loved it. Like, she loved it. She loved it. She had such a good time. So wow, all right, right. Yeah, she liked seeing the dolphins. You know, she liked seeing all the shows, and you know, we did like the the penguin experience thing where they used to have like a ride for the penguins. So you would wait in this big long line in the Antarctica section. You would go on this ride where you were basically like a baby penguin, and it was everything was from your POV. And they had like spinning and non spinning. It was trackless ride system, very advanced ride. And then at the very end, like when you got to like the big finale. The wall in front of you opened up and there was the penguin exhibit. And you got out of the car and you got to go see the penguins and hang out there before you left. And it's frigid in there. It's like that super cold. It really, really cool, right? It. it was the only way to see the penguins. So to see the penguins, you had to wait usually like an hour. Uh, now, since COVID, it did not reopen. But now there's still an hour long wait to just see the penguins. Wow. They take hmm. you through like a back entrance into the penguin habitat instead of like doing the whole ride, which, right. man, I really hope they bring it back because it was a really cool ride. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't bring it back. Maybe money, maybe it broke. I don't know. But it wasn't for a lack of popularity because that ride always had a huge line. Right. So... So is there anything else you think your wife would enjoy, you know, for Mother's Day in the Orlando area? Hmm. I mean, I'm not as uh, other than fluent like, in the Orlando area as you are. Well, other than like a spa at Disney, like you know, anything at Universal. Like you know, I can't imagine Universal being a fun Mother's Day spot. No, I don't really think. Of, I don't think of it as a Mother's Day spot. I mean, at least with SeaWorld, like you've got animal encounters and stuff like that. You could book like the lunch with the penguins or something. There's like a lunch with a penguin. Right. You get like your picture taken with a penguin. If your mom likes penguins, then you know you're great to go. But who doesn't like penguins? I mean, I don't want to meet the person that doesn't like penguins. Right. Seriously. She could face down the death bird while trying to feed sea lions. Man, I would not wish facing down that death bird on my worst enemy. Unless that death bird is a mom. What if that would mean baby death birds, though? <laughs> I would not want to yeah. meet the baby death birds. But maybe the babies are adorable. Yeah, they could be adorable. All right. Well, I mean, you know, 
that's about all I got for Mother's Day. I mean, like, my mom really likes also, like, dark rides. Like, she would love Small World on Mother's Day, I think. She would enjoy, like, uh, the Frozen ride. She really likes the Frozen ride. She likes, um, like, the Little Mermaid, stuff like that. Like, those are the kind of the rides that my mom really enjoys. Right. So. What kind of rides do, do – I mean, your wife does kind of like roller coasters, though, right? She does. I think she's um, getting out of roller coasters a little bit. Okay. I think she's happy that my son and daughter will go on rides together, and we're like, oof, not going to go on that. Uh-huh. Um, will your daughter, go, will your daughter go on Everest now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so do you get the soft serve ice cream cone by yourself or with your wife now? You know what? I really have fond memories of sitting there with her. It's so funny. That's something that will live with me forever. Uh, and I don't get it by myself because I still feel like that would be rude. Uh, whenever members of my family are going on a ride without me, um, or if I'm like with my like friends and we're at Disney, which is always so funny because they're like, no, 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 we're here, we're here to do things together. I'm like, no, no, please, mm-hmm. no, you <laughs> go on this, go on it. I'm a hundred percent. I I am insisting because I really like to go in stores and just like look around. Mm-hmm. So I'm always okay with. Uh, Let me tell you something. Just hanging out. Okay, I am. A lot of times I'll be down for Everest, but sometimes I'm not. Like sometimes I'm just not feeling it. And or like I just ate like a big meal or whatever. In that case, people will go on Everest and I will I go to that tr- that little truck, I get a soft serve cone and I sit yep. in the kite tail, the former kite tails arena, which is now just a big empty space. Which is really funny when my daughter was little and we would do this. There was never any seating, so you kind of had to sit on that little like wall yeah area. now there's nothing but seating <laughs> and it's like wow now you never have to worry about getting a seat yeah you sit <laughs> in that little like there. arena and occasionally if the character barges will come by if they're still doing them i'm not sure if they're still doing the character yeah barges. i saw one recently okay so yeah i mean i think animal kingdom could be a good um a good park for mother's day because the safari sure you know, who doesn't love the safari? It's such a cool experience, and you learn a lot of cool things. Yeah, it's wonderful. Like a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance. You wouldn't know that without Kilimanjaro safaris. Or a group of zebra That's true. are called the dazzle. That's my favorite one, by the way. The group of zebra are a dazzle. Oh, really? I like crash. Crash of rhinos, or bloat of hippos, or yep. a tower of giraffe. Yep. Yeah. So cool. There's so many baby rhinos on that safari now. Like... You'll see like three baby rhinos and just be like, wow, like I'm a little baby rhino out right now. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I don't even care about you anymore. Have you seen the pygmy goats that they've added at the end of the safari, though? No. Oh, they're adorable. They're like these little baby. There's little tiny. Go- they're not even babies. They're fully grown, but they're like little teeny tiny goats. And they're like all over the place. They're really fun. All right. Anything else you wanted to add this week? No, I feel like we did a lot. We're purposely not talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because I loved it. You hated it. And I don't think. That's true. I don't think people want to hear us at each other's throats about it. So, you know, we're going to have to agree to I disagree love on this that one. people love it, though. Look, I have always because, look, there's a lot of movies that I don't like. And I've always said for whoever is entertained by this, I am happy for you. And I and I am envious of you because it is more fun to be entertained by something than to hate it. Yep. All right. Then without any further ado, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys in two weeks' time um, as we kick off the summer in style, maybe reviewing a uh, an episode of a sitcom where they go to Walt Disney World, I hope. 
Uh, gosh, that would be like I'm, I'm like all for this now. We like, have I, to do it. This has got to be like both a series really that we do. But now, do we do it like consecutively, like six shows in a row, or do we like take breaks? From I don't them? know. We'll figure. I don't out. know. I listen. I, I always feel like the news is very important because things are always kind of breaking in Disney. That's kind of the meat and potatoes and, of the and, show. Yeah, and then like we have something else to talk about. Unless, yeah. you know, you want to come up with something. But I like the idea that we, if we let like our listeners know they they can go and watch that also absolutely yeah everything's always around you know all right well folks um if you love our good buddy peter mandel and the sensible advice that he gives like what he just gave right there check him out at 105 north union avenue cranford new jersey 07016 or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to pete's ebay store uh and if you want to chat with peter mandel uh via facebook become a patron in two weeks and you will get access at all levels to the patron only facebook group which is a, a Patron only Facebook group. It's it is the place Get where it? Pete will be. Where I just made that up. The place where uh, you could tell because it was lame. Uh, place where Pete will be active and chat with you guys. Uh, and folks, you know, keep an eye out for that Patreon. We'll talk. We'll we'll give you the full um, details and web address for it next week. And of course, folks, for me, uh, please check out my books. My new book, Captive Hearts, uh, just came out on Amazon yesterday. It is a detective kidnapping novel about a um, when a detective's uh, detective is foiling a kidna- a serial kidnapper, and the kidnapper then is an act of revenge, targets the detective's daughter, and he has to step outside the law to figure it out. So it's called Captive Hearts, and it's out on Amazon.com. Uh, it's my first detective story. My editor loved it, so I hope everybody else loves it too. Um, also, you can find the rest of my books on Amazon, the Ross and Andy series, uh, book, you know, books one through three uh, with, you know, a... Um, a novella in between one and two uh and of course the morty monster youtube channel we will be having new content coming to that channel very soon we have our exclusive our our big disney wish video special that is taking a lot of effort to edit so uh that will be coming at you guys soon um and uh yeah that about does it for me pete any closing words Uh, i'm excited about our consistency yeah. This is working out great, guys. This has been good. This I know it's a lot of effort on your part. <laughs> well, you know, I'm happy to do it because, uh, you know, we've always loved doing this show, and I think we've kind of recaptured the love for it. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for joining us again, um, and we will see you next time on Two Men and the Mouse. So there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us. This has been YDF Media Productions.